0: And it's my absolute belief that the Lord wants to talk to this church, this church today, about what I'm going to preach. This is not only a message for this church. This is a message for you, the individual sitting here today. So as I preach this morning and as the Holy Spirit come and I pray that He touches your heart, do not look around, do not look at the person next to you, say, Lord, sits my heart. So, without any further ado, let's open up in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Peter writes to these people in a dispersion, to the Christians who were forced out of their country and their lands, and now he comes to this point, and he writes to them a few things that we've seen already. He encourages them to live in hope, he encourages them to live in holiness, and they've got a hope like we have got a hope that Jesus is coming. Who believes that? And, and he was preaching that. And we have to hold on to that. And here in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22, he writes to them, he says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren. You remember we spoke about that. The sincere love. This is the New King James Version. The King James Version used the word unfeigned love. Made up out of two words. It's a negative word. He says, do not be a hypocrite, an actor. When you come into the church here this morning and you say to your brother, I love you. Mean it from inside and really love him and her. He says to them, through the Spirit... Insincere love. Let me just throw this in there. You cannot have sincere love for your brethren without the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. And that then starts to show on the outside the love for the brothers and the sisters. If you love like that, your brother and your sisters will not offend you. Oh, there's going to be times that they say something that you won't like, but it's not going to be an offense to you. You will be mature enough to go and sit and talk it out with them and in love, in love address the situation. But these days you see all of these church fights going on. And these brothers and sisters and they are in each other's ears. Not so he says. In verse 23, he says, Having been born again. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because, because, and he contrasts now the word of God against you and me, flesh. He contrasts, that's it, he puts it up for us right here. He says, the word of God and you sitting here this morning, all flesh is grass. And all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. And there you were thinking so much about yourself. Oh, I'm a glorious person. What does the Bible say about that? He says your glory is like the flower of the grass. I thought so much about myself. And that's the message of the world. The world says that you need to build yourself up. No, no. We as children of God build Christ in us up. Yes? Yes? And he lives through us. And now he says there, and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. The word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. I want to talk to you this morning about the phrase that he uses. A message that is not not preaching the churches today anymore. In the church, in global I mean. There's a lot of churches who still preach this. But when's the last time that you've heard a message on being born again? See, this is not only addressing the whole church. It addresses me. It addresses you. It's the individual. It comes and knocks on your door. There's a knock on your door. If every man opens up, Now I know if I'm, I'm quoting the book in Revelation, and that is in context, a different context, but I want to talk to you this morning as I believe the Word of God wants to talk to you. Now let's thank the Lord for His Word. Heavenly Father, I come to you in weakness, Lord. Because we just saw it in the Scripture verse there, all man is like grass. What can you do with grass, Lord? And the glory of man is like the flower of the grass. It's there for one moment. It blooms. Everybody loves it. It's fantastic. Everybody praises it. And then the next day the flower drops. In that sense, I come to you this morning in weakness, Lord. Because I know that when I'm weak, you are strong. This is the words of John. He says, I must decrease and he must increase. Help me to decrease this morning as I preach this message, Lord. Father, as much as I preach this message, I pray that everyone who's here, who's got an ear to hear, let them hear. And Father, my prayer is that you change hearts this morning. My heart first of all, Lord. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So Peter used these words, having been born again. And when he he writes it to them, he takes this that they know what he's talking about. When this... Porter stands up there and he reads this message to the church and they come to this part and they hear these words of Peter when he says, having been born again, that everybody knew what it means to what's to be born again. Let me say to you today that in general, the world don't know what that means today. Let me ask you this morning, what does it mean to you? Anybody? Just throw a few words out. What does it mean to be born again? born unto the family of God yes don't be shy yes brother okay yes what's born of the what, what Glenn is saying what's born of the spirit is spirit and what's born of the flesh is flesh and we've got to be born of the spirit but even that phrase that he uses there, some people won't understand that am I right what does he mean what does it mean to be born by the Spirit? What was that? Committing your life to Christ. I like that. Yes, Matthew? Yes, to get to have the Holy Spirit to come and cause you to be born again. Committing your life to Christ. You know, this, we, we can understand that, can't we? If I say to you, we as a church need to commit your life to Christ, what does it mean? Yes, we we know now we're talking about born again. But what does it mean if I come to this church and I say, I want you all to commit your life to Christ? It means that those naughty things you you do, you don't do them anymore. Isn't that what it is? Yes. You repent. You say, Lord, I'm not going to do those things anymore. And we pray for the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit comes and He quickens or He pulls us. He pulls us. He speaks in your hearts. He speaks in your conscience. And generally I feel that I want to be a better man, isn't it? Isn't that the general feeling for people, not old? I mean, in the world there's a lot of people who don't want to be better people. But generally people want to live better lives. Is that right? But does that mean to be born again? Anybody wants to add something more? We've heard about the Spirit. We've heard about accepting Jesus. Yes? 108 degrees, 180 degrees. I've heard somebody one day say, You need to make a 360. (laughs) And a lot of people do that. They say, Yes, I'm going to make a 360, and that means I'm going to. No, no. 360 means if I go that way, uh, I'm going to go that way again. And the only thing it does, it confuses you because the more you turn around like that, you get dizzy and you fall over. 180 degrees, it means. Now I've walked in that direction, 180 degrees means I'm going to turn my back on that and walk in a different direction. All of that. But what does it mean to be born again? Sorry? Leaving behind the sinful life. That's right. That's, again, I'm walking in sin Now I'm going to turn it around and I leave that behind me. I don't dwell back into that like Israel when they were called out of the wilderness and they longed back to the pots of Egypt, the, the sinful and the dark life. You see, all these concepts that you told me today is right. You can put them on a tree like fruit. Now I wonder if the same question was asked to those people when they read these words of Peter having been born again, what they, what they knew about that. Now let's look into that. I want to unpack it a little bit for you this morning. You see, these days people start going to church because there's generally nice people in church, isn't there? Generally, I say. I use that word very carefully. Because there's other people who will say, I don't go to church because there's a lot of what there? Hypocrites. That's the first thing they say. I don't go there anymore. But I haven't walked into a church, any church, whether they're hypocrites or not in the church, as a first-time visitor walking there, and they go, oh, No, we don't want you yet." No, generally, generally when you walk into a church, what's there? Nice people. There's nice people there. And so we start to associate with the nice people. And, and hey, if they're going to make me feel good, what is going to happen? I'm going to stay. Yeah, I'm going to stay. Cuz there's nice people around. And this is what happens these days in churches a lot of times. People go there and there's nice people and and in some churches like this church, you get nice food afterwards. Yeah. Some people just come for the food. <laughs> and I am just giving you a giveaway I run afterwards because uh Lydia made some really nice spring rolls again, okay, uh handmade. Yes, I so, made by herself but some people go for what is extras in church for the food for the people it's nice and generally generally some churches these days don't judge you anymore do they there's no judgment in churches anymore and they preach an acceptable message uh, sort of a seeker friendly message and that's what they do isn't it they speak this Now, I want to talk to you about this phrase here, being born again. What does it mean when you and I come to church? We come to church to change. To change. That's what we need to come for. Now, you say, if a sinner walks through the doors, they need to be born again. And we're going to look into that. But after you've been born again, you come to church to do what? To learn more about Him. To gain knowledge about Christ. And then to pray from wisdom from above. Because you see, my dear brother and sister, when you are born again, you're not born again to just sit there in the seats and get food every Sunday. You are born for a purpose. For a purpose. And that purpose is to do what? To spread the message. To go out and make disciples. But you have to learn. The phrase here, born again, literally means to be born from above. That's what it means. So when you see that Bible and you open it up, when he speaks about this, it means that you need to be born not from below like you and I, but from above. And how does that work? We see this absolutely practical in the book of John. John chapter 3, by a man by the name of Nicodemus. And let's have a look at him. He says in John chapter 3 verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees, Pharisees, named Nicodemus. He was a very special man, this man. He was sitting in the Sanhedrin. He studied the scriptures. The Pharisees studied the scriptures. In the Old Testament, they were the theologians of of the day, or so they thought. They went to the universities. This was one of those men. So I'm giving you his background. He was a ruler of the Jews. Not only was he so clever in all of the studies, but he was also a ruler. And this man came to Jesus by night and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. Why? Why did he know it? For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Comes to me, says, I study the scriptures. I've got the head knowledge. We read there about the miracles. We saw the miracles in the prophets in the Old Testament. And here you are. Now, some people say that he went by night because he was afraid. these other people, that's not, I don't read it like that. And some people say he went because he was a little bit ashamed to go to Jesus. I don't read it like that. Because this man came to him and he spoke about what? Miracles. So during the day when the crowds was there, Jesus was performing miracles and Nicodemus was standing in the crowd. Like a lot of people are coming to the church to sit in the crowd. Isn't that true? Because there's nice people in the crowd. Because generally, the crowd won't judge you. Because you're a one of the crowd. See where I'm going? He was in the congregation when Jesus did all the miracles. And they went, ooh, wow. And it is so wonderful when these things happen. He was there for the food as well. So here we go. This man came to him, and this is what Jesus said to him. Now look at this now. Because he identifies something. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you are born again, there's our word again. What does it mean? Born from? Above. Hey, Nicodemus, unless you are born from above, He cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Fair. He's a very clever man. So what did Jesus do here, first of all? This man came to me and said, Jesus, you must be a teacher. Do you see that? He says, you must be a teacher from God. He says... For no one, teacher, but for no one can do these unless you see the miracles. I believe chapter division here could have been different. Because if you read the last three verses of chapter 2, it says that Jesus was doing His miracles and there was a crowd around Him. But then He says these words. He says, but Jesus did not commit Himself to them. He did not commit Himself to them because He knew man's heart. You know what? You can fool me. You can have an evil heart even sitting here this morning and fool me. But you can't fool God. There's all these people and and no doubt when you look into the crowd you've got your favorites in the crowd. We're all the same, isn't it? You walk into a crowd and you look at all the people and you see Oh, I don't like that guy. Jesus, look at him. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, but I like that guy. Aren't we all the same? Come on. Why? Because we see the outward appearance. But Jesus was different. He could see the heart. And because he saw the heart of people, he did not commit himself to them. Go and read it. It's in John chapter 2, the last three verses. Before we come to this. One of the people in that crowd was Nicodemus. And no doubt, other people would have stood around and saw Nicodemus standing there with his his Pharisee rope and everything. And they go, "Ooh, what a religious person. Man, I like that guy. I love him. I like him. And this is what we do often. When we come into church, we do the same thing. We love certain people or not. Though the Bible says we shouldn't do that. People do. People do. People pull to their little groups and that's natural, isn't it? But Jesus looks through all of that and he sees the heart. How did we pick this up? Because he says to him, you must be a teacher from God for no one can do these things. What would Jesus' logical answer be when somebody asked him that? Yes, I am a teacher of God. Isn't it right? That's how a conversation would go. Oh, yes, by the way, I am a teacher of God. And let's take out the scriptures and I'll show you in the scriptures why I am a teacher of God. This is how I would have done it. Because it sounds natural. But Jesus didn't. He goes straight to it. He says to him, You must be born again. He says, look, it's not about the signs and the wonders. The crowds, the millions are for the signs and the wonders. They come to see the signs and the wonders. But you came to me. Now when Nicodemus came to him by night, how many people came? One. Who? Nicodemus. This is why I say this morning, this is a message for you. You who sits there. I can point each one out, but as I point you out, I point myself out. If you come to Jesus, just you, because let me tell you, brother and sister, when you're going to stand before him one day, it's only going to be you. You can't call the church to stand behind you and say, Hey, I was part of that cut him down flock down there, man. I was one of the guys there. And everybody there loves me. No, no. You're going to stand there on your own either. Listen to me. Either you come to Him now, or you will appear before Him one day. And He's going to ask you, Why are you not born again? See? Now he comes to him and he says to him straight away, now Nicodemus pushed this further. He goes, wait a minute, born again. He didn't get this concept straight away. Like you have the liberty now. I told you born from above. He used those words. He goes, can I go back into my mother's womb? And let me put it to you practically. You know, Michael was born. And when he was born, I go, I cannot for the life of me understand the miracle how a small little human being like that could fit within another person's body. And let me tell you, if we take Michael when he was born, Michael is my grandson, can you see the smile when I talk about him? When, when you take Michael, just moments after he's born, and you say to the doctors, can you please put him back? Will they be able to? They will not be able to, it is it's absolutely physically impossible to do that. Well, if you look at him now, he's doubly sized nearly, can you put him back now? Look, Vader's small, there's no way he's going to go back. This is the practicality I'm giving you. This is where he goes to him, and this is even further now. This is is going even further now. Richard is uh, little Michael's uh, uh, father. How big is Richard? Have you guys seen him? Have you seen my poor wife? If I say, Richard, I want to put you back in the womb. You see how, how ludicrous it sounds to sometimes the people when you talk about these things. He goes, this is a clever man. I mean, this is a, a guy of the university. He goes, Jesus, what, what are you going on about here? Can I go back into my mother's womb? Can I? And the answer is no. But you see, he didn't understand it like a lot of people, even in churches, don't understand this concept of being born again. Then Jesus goes further. He said to him in verse 5, he says, most assuredly. I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now look at this now. He said the first time, if you're not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now he says to me, if you're not born of water and spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now I want to say to all of the love that I've got, if you are not born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God on the authority of Jesus Christ. It will be a sad day one day when the church, either this church or other churches appear in heaven and these dear brothers and sisters who's not there. And you say, why are they not there? They were never born again. But they were in church. I just told you the church is full of nice people. People are worshipping God by association these days. They are associated into the church. They are not born into the church. This is serious. Brothers and sisters, I do not want to preach any further, any more Sundays, until I preach this message to you. Because then I become a hypocrite. I need to tell you the truth in love. Jesus said to him, You will not see the kingdom of God if you are not born of water and spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. This is my brother's words. And that which is born is spirit, is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Do not marvel about these things. Now, there's a big talk and differences about these two things. Born of the water and born of the spirit. I'm not going to go really deep into that, but I'm going to touch it, okay? When he talks about born of the water, there's three main concepts around this, teachings in the world. The first one says that that points towards the water baptism. Man, if you are born again, I'm going to pull you to my like a crocodile to my swimming pool at home and I'm going to, I'm going to baptize you. Now listen to me, baptism is very important. I'm talking about baptism by immersion, like it is preached in the Bible. Okay? Not sprinkling of water. That's important. And, and these people say, you see, this is what it says, you have to be baptized. You have to go into a church and there's the baptism bath, and you have to be baptized and then with the Spirit. I don't necessarily hold on to that teaching. But the second teaching out this here, it points towards a physical birth. A physical birth. Because if you think about a physical birth, all of us were babies in the womb and there were amniotic water in there. In, in, In the womb there's water and that is the physical. Jesus is comparing a physical birth to a spiritual birth. And this is what he puts the two against. It is exactly the same question or the point that Nicodemus made. He was referring to the physical birth. Jesus refers in this place to him. He says, Yes, you have to be physically born but also spiritually born. I can hold on to that. That is practical. There's a third teaching out there that say it is a spiritual cleansing that needs to take place. Because he talks to Nicodemus, which was a Jew, and which comes out of all of these rituals in the Old Testament. And the rituals in the Old Testament was that these people would come and water was a sign of purification. You had to be washed with water before you can start doing the things in the temple. And not only in the Old Testament, it also is in the New Testament, where the water of the Word is now referred to as washing you with the water of the Word. Now, I I'll, I'll say to you today, I lean towards the two bottom ones. It refers to a physical birth and it refers to a spiritual cleansing. But this is what I found the devil is very clever. Let me explain. I've said so many times in my life, and you talk to people about sin and to be born again. It comes to the point where they want to make a decision for the Lord. And all of these excuses comes out because of all of these verses which they say, but what does it mean to be born of water? Oh, you know, it is because of this and that. Sometimes people use it as excuses. But you know, one day we will know it out of God's mouth when we're in heaven. Yes? The fact of the matter is here he says to them being born again. Now let's take it one step further. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1 verse 10 to unpack it a little bit more. He talks here about Jesus now. He says he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. Is the world knowing him today? I know he's talking about his own as well. The world didn't know him and as I say some churches don't know him. They preach a different gospel. And he says it here in verse 11. He came to his own, his Jews. He came to the Jews, and his own did not receive him. And we saw all of the evidence in that, didn't we? But, there's our theological word. What does it mean? It means, Brother Theo's words, a, three, a 180 degree turnaround. But,. As many as received Him, to them He gave what? The right to become children of God. To those who believe in His name. You say to me, how do I get born again? This is pointing you towards that. He says it did. He says, but as many as received who? As received Jesus Christ. Somebody said it today. You have to receive Jesus Christ. That is part of being born again. To what happened to them? He gave them the right to become what? Children of God. If you are born as a baby, what are you? You are your parents' child. If we are born from above, whose child are we? God's child. Now the right comes only through receiving Jesus Christ. He says you will become children of God. Those who believe in His name. Now listen to this now. Verse 13. Who were born not of blood. What is that? Physical birth. It's a physical birth. Not born of blood. Nor the will of the flesh. Nor the will of man. And there's our theological word again. But of God. Where is God? God is in heaven. He's born from above. Now let me just touch on this. Some people say, when I gave my heart to the Lord, you haven't got a will to give your heart to the Lord. I hear it oftentimes, and look, people say it sometimes in ignorance, and that's fine, but we have to understand what it means. It is not your will to be born. You reach out, you cry out to God, and what happens? He performs the miracle. Let's take the baby again. When the baby's in the womb, Does the baby go one day and he starts kicking so hard and he gets, get me out of here today? Is that what happens? No. You don't know the hour, you don't know the time. I know you're going to the last time and, and they say the water break, and everybody goes, oh, it's going to happen. We generally know it's going to happen in the next 24, or 48 hours. And some people are a little bit longer. But you generally don't know the time. The miracle happens when that baby comes out of the womb and it says, where? Isn't it right? What will did the child have? What will did the child have? Come on. Nothing. And that's the same. We come to Him. You see, it says it then in verse 3, but as many as received Him, you say, but wait a minute, preacher, I come to Him and I decide, I pray the prayer and I agree with you. I agree with you, pray the prayer. But brother and sister, you are called by the Holy Spirit, you are pulled by it. It's a song when you sit in a message and and the Holy Spirit knocks on your door like this morning, if you are not born again, He is constantly talking to you. You go, this is me. And you receive Christ. There's a whole world out there who's not receiving them. Will they? get born again you see here they receive they get the right and what happens they are born from above they are being born again is an act of God I'll say it again being born again being born from above is an act of God this is why you can't come here and you pray a prayer and I you stand up and I say whoa now you are born again how do I know how do I know If God didn't do an act, a miracle on your heart and your soul, how would I know? Your fruit will only tell me. That's a different message. You see, the moment somebody's been born from above, through this act of God, eternal life is imparted into that person. And you should shout hallelujah if you were born again. You should say, praise the Lord! You know what happens when you are born again? He imparts, He puts inside of you, eternal life wow and you thought that for what you're living on this earth is so much so much to live for it's nothing to live for he says it later on we're going to look into it in the next few weeks that that you and your glory that you've been building up is grass what happens here in melbourne in winter with grass or shall i say in summer it's a little bit turned around it dies, and then you've got to watch out because a small little flame burns the whole paddock down. And after it's burned down, what do you see? Ashes. I see so many people building up this one, you know, this fantastic glory of themselves just to be burned to ashes. But here is the difference, brother and sister. Reaching out to God, the act. A miracle happens from God, and He imparts inside of you eternal life. You look at my body and say, "Oh, that body is falling apart. He's getting old. He's losing hair." I say, "Don't look what's on the outside. It's what's on the inside." Because Paul says it, I'm in good company. He says, day by day I'm falling apart. This is my translation. I've got a John Chapman translation, but you can go and read it. He says, day by day I'm falling apart, but on the inside I'm renewed. And I'm strengthened by who? By God. And you know where it's going? Eternal life. Wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you want it sitting here this morning? Listen to me. The world is now trying to get ointments and ailments. They are freezing some people now for a few years who's died. Maybe they 're secure in future that they can raise them up again i 'll tell you what they are wasting their time and their money. They need to come and sit in church and be born again and repent. Put in all these nice little things to keep us younger. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you get some now for men. You get some for men now as well, Philip. <laughs> Oh no, it's not. It's looking good. So there I was standing, and you get this thing in some small bottle, and I'm looking in the mirror, and I go, "There's, oh, there's a few. Yeah, there's a few wrinkles coming up here." What do you do? You Put it on, because it sits on the bottle there. It's gonna make you twenty years look you twenty years younger. Oh, good. Yeah. I just splash it all day, man. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Oh, look at him, man. As his hair is thinning, you can see his big nose. So who cares? <laughs> because, brother and sister, on the inside, he's imparted. He's imparted. Listen to this now. Eternal life. This is the wonderful thing. Now, you may ask the question here, why then, Jesus, do you have to be born again? Why? What, what, where's the breaking here? What's the problem with this big picture here? Nicodemus, you must be born again. He could have turned around and said, Hey, look at me. I'm a cool dude. I, I've, look at me. I, you know, I've studied. I know everything. I know all the knowledge and everything. I even picked it out, Jesus, that you're a teacher out of the miracles you do. Look at the crowd. who went home tonight. And they said, Wow, did you see that? And they talk until late tonight. But I picked it up. I'm not like the crowd. I came out and said to you, I acknowledge you as a teacher. You see, some of we do that sometimes. We think we are more clever than others. You see, this this is it. Why, why do I have to be born again? And this is it, brother and sister. I'll just give you the Word of God. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, Paul writes it. And there are so many scriptures, I had to cut a lot out. Otherwise, I'll keep you the whole day here. And you He made alive. There's our word there. Born again, who were dead in trespasses and sin. This is the why you have to be born again. This is the why you have to be born again. This is the why you have to be born again. This is the why you have to be born again. How many times do I have to put it in different ways that it can resonate with you? This is because you and I were born in sin. This is the why. We were dead in trespasses and sin. You crossed the line you shouldn't have crossed. You missed The bull every single time. You miss the mark. In Romans chapter 3 verse 23, Paul writes again to them. He says, For all, everybody say all, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned. You and I have sinned. When I was born we have sinned. Little Michael, when he was born, he's now three months old. Am I right? Three months old, and and you know what? They have sinned. They were born in sin. I've, I've met a man once. He, he tried to. He said, "No, no, no. Little babies are born perfect." Look at him. I said, "Yeah." You just wait until they one and a half, two years old, and they throw a tantrum. Who taught them that? I had him because he couldn't say it was him, and he couldn't blame his wife. Who taught that little baby? They didn't go to kindergarten. They didn't watch TV. They grew up with the two of you. It was only the two of you. So, which one of you taught them to throw a tantrum? Come and tell me now. Oh, wasn't me. I'm, I'm, I'm the perfect guy. Must be my wife. That's what she goes. it's you. No, no. You see, we are born like this. Little children are born. We go astray. David says, "This is the why you have to be born again." You ask me why. That's why. And look, I've got a whole string of verses, but I think you get the picture, yes? Now we ask the question, how? How, like he said, how, how are you then born again from above? Jesus said water and spirit. But if you say that to some people, they still go, how do, How am I getting, then getting born out of the spirit? And let's see that we address that in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Again, Paul, and again, I've got so many verses, but we'll stick with these. Again, Paul says, For by grace, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is the hour You have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. So you can't do anything. Not of your good works that you were saved. It was by what? It was by the grace of God that you have been saved through faith. This is a good verse. You should learn this verse off by heart. You should sit down and study it. It's a gift of God. You see, this is why I say it is an act of God. Being born again is an act of God. It's not your act. He says it right there. He says not of works. Not of works. You can't boast. You can't say, the day when I gave my heart to the Lord. No, no, that should change to the day when the Lord saved me. That's how it should say. When He borned me. So, you say what? Let's go into Romans chapter 10. What do I do then? He says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9, that if we confess, everybody say confess. confess. What do we do when we confess? We tell some people what we've done. That's what we do. We confess. I hear so many times people's testimonies these days and they stand up and you hear nothing about confession. Nothing. Nothing. He says that if you confess with your mouth, who? The Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You confess. Listen to me now. You don't go to the Pope. And you pay him money to confess to him. You don't go to a person and you pay him money to confess your sins to him anymore. That's not to a man. You and I have sinned against God. Who do we confess then to? To God. You come to him. So, in a way, I, you know, and I, I might pray a prayer after this. I don't know who the Spirit is talking to with this morning. As some doctors, when a baby is born, there's people who's helping with that process, isn't it? I might be just helping you this morning and say, Lord, I'm going to pray a prayer. And you repeat the prayer. But that's not saving you. That's not saving you. Not that little prayer. It is believing Him. It's believing Him with your heart. It is following Him with your heart. That saves you. That is starting the process. And here we go. Let me just show you something here. When we do this, and the Spirit of God touches your hearts, He enlightens, enlighten our minds. What does the word enlightened mean? It lights it up. It was dark. It did have no understanding. You couldn't see it the way you see it now. What does it do when you get born again? It enlightens you about the knowledge of God. Now all of a sudden you get a hunger in your heart for God. I talk out of my own life, brother and sister. When I was a young man, man I, I had a short temper and a fuse because I grew up in that environment. I lived recklessly as a young man, young man. I thank God that I didn't die as a young man without Him. I thank God for His mercy and His grace every day. Some days I think back about things I do, and I go, wow, Lord, You saved me out of that. Now I can see it. But you know what I've happened? When He saved my soul, I had such a hunger for God. I wanted to learn more about this God who saved me from above. And you know what happens? The Holy Spirit who comes and lives inside of me. He enlightened my mind. He opened my mind. Before that, I didn't want to hear anything about God. I was like the rest of the world. You talk to me about God. You know what I'd say? Get away. Let me tell you quickly. I was studying to become a teacher. And in your hostel, there was, there was a Bible study group there. I didn't want to have anything to do with them. It was cooler for me to hang out with the dudes and go around and play rugby. And you know, life is good. And there was this young, this small guy. We called him Potties. His, his last name was Hitter. And his, his call name was Potties. There was a small dude, that big. Skinny the guy. And he would constantly come to me and say, come to our Bible study. And I said no to him. But I don't think he got it in. Because constantly he would come back to me and say, come to our Bible study. And I said no. And, and I said out of shame this morning, brother and sister... One day he came to me and I just had enough. Can't he get it in? I said, no, Brett. In that moment, I picked that poor little boy up and put him up against the wall. And I said, no, do you get it? <laughs> the next day, potty's asked me again. <laughs> he wasn't afraid of me. He asked me again, how dare he? But I thank God that he did. I did go to the Bible studies. Why did I go? I didn't go because he asked me. Man, when that happened in my soul when I was saved, I want to learn more about God. Not only that, he enlightens your mind about sin. Listen to me now. I all of a sudden see the things I do in a different light. Before... It was okay, but now not. This is what being born again do to you. The vanity of the world, uh, the things of the world, uh, they didn't bother me as much as then. The knowledge of self, I learned more about myself and of Jesus Christ. My will was renewed. And listen now, listen now, I've seen this with my own eyes. Over the years that I've spent time with people and, they, and the Lord saved their souls and they received Him and they believe in Him. Their bodies changed. You say, explain. People in this world are looking for acceptance at the wrong places. Drugs, alcohol, acceptance through doing stuff to their bodies. And you know what we do? Being conservative and so on, we look at these people and we go, Oh, oh, hopeless, lost and everything. Oh, ugly. Why would you do that? I never spoke to those things because i saw it with my own eyes if god changes the hearts he heals the body it cleans up from the inside i can tell you many testimonies we had a young man coming into the church in new zealand once and i can see from the outside he was living a hard life and you know what the lord saved his soul we were in a Red Cross hall. This guy came walking up and he stood there other I thought, What are you looking at? I better look out and see if there's nothing to be nicked here. I'm clear. I mean, you know, what are you doing in church? But he was a sick man who was looking for Christ, he was into drugs. He had other problems, mental problems with him. Brother and sister, we prayed. He stayed in church for a while. I could see how the word of God went to him. I could see how it goes into him. I could see how he started calling out. And one day we prayed. He says, I can see now I'm a sinner. He, saw, he said it out of his own mouth. He felt so ashamed. We prayed. And you know what? A few, a few months later, I looked at him and I go, that's not the same. I could show you a photo. Now, we don't judge people on the outside. I'm telling you that. But we see it evident. What happened on the inside? I'd better hurry on. You see, this is what we do. In Romans chapter 6, verse 12, He says, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lust. And do not present your members as an instrument to unrighteousness. You change around. In 1 Peter now, he's saying to us, having been born again, brother and sister. Now the question is, Am I born physically? Yes. Am I born physically? If I wasn't born physically, I wouldn't stand here. <laughs> you wouldn't sit there. When were you born? Who can shout out the date? When were you born? You don't have to shout the year. Okay, I get it. <laughs> Only the young people will shout it. Somebody wants to shout out the year. I was in 67. Yeah, there I go. Okay. 54. 62. Yeah, a long time ago. Many moons ago. But I can also tell you when I was born again. I was there. I was there when I was born again. I'm not going to do like other churches and play on your feelings and go, Oh, if you no no. You know if God speaks to you. But I want to make sure before I preach any more sermons in this church that I've preached this sermon and everybody knows what it means to be born again. I'm telling you today, if you're not born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. If you are not born again, eternity, eternal life is not in your heart. Before you do anything in life further, before you pursue anything else, make sure that you cry upon Him. You say, but preacher, you just told me that you can't do it on yourself. It's an act of God. How do I know that God wants to save me? The Bible says that He's one of his wills is that everybody should be saved. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever, whosoever. You say, but I still want to live my life. I'm not, I'm not committed to that. Well, stay in the crowd then. But know this, if you want to stay in the crowd. He's not going to commit to you. I wish I had that verse on the, on the board to show it to you, but you've got to go and read it. Then don't one day, when you need him, just all of a sudden run up and go, Lord, now I need you. We have to be sure. Pray, sister, the time is close. It's close. It's imminent. Things is going to get worse. Make sure that one thing you have for sure, and that is eternity stamped into your heart. He's going to continue on, and he talks now, and we will continue this message on later on. But he says here, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible. What is he meaning? Well, me, myself, I was born out of my mother and my dad. And I think it's 23 chromosomes from each one I get. I think that's the, I'm, I'm not a biologist, but anyway, this is why I'm standing here. That is the corruptible seed, and you can see it, I can feel it. I can feel the corruptible seed is getting corrupted day by day. I wake up in the morning and I can't jump out when I was 20. I jumped off a track one day when I was young. I won't do that again. This body won't last it. It's corrupted. There's a small little virus that goes around and lots of people die. It's corrupted. He says, no, no, we're not of that. And again, he points us towards being born again. He says, we are not born out of the corruption, but the incorruptible. And then he gives us the vehicle that he came through, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now, I want to end on this today. How? I just told you that you have to be born again from above. He says here, We are born again with incorruptible seed. And that is through what? The Word of God. Now I'm going to touch on the Word of God in a few weeks. Because there's some really cool stuff I can show you out of the Word of God around that. But look at this now. The Word of God comes into us. Into us. And you know what the Word does? From inside of us. We are born again. It works on you. The Word works on you. It amazes me how there is this gospel these days without the Word of God, where this is the most powerful thing that can change people. The most powerful. And, and you say, that green Bible of yours, the letter? No, no, not the letter. The Spirit that comes through, brother and sisters. It brings it into your heart. Now, just one verse and we'll go. We'll, we'll eat Lydia's nice uh, spring rolls. Look at this now. <laughs> when we say the Word comes into us, in Hebrews, he talks about this, okay? He says in Hebrews chapter 9, and that is wrong there, it's incorruptible seed. That should say incorruptible. You should have picked that up. But look at this now. Hebrews 9 verse 20, 27, he says, and, uh, oh, beg your pardon, I'm so excited. I lost my train there. But look at this now. The corruptible seed will vanish. It says in Hebrews 9, 27, and as it is appointed for men to die once, we all know that we're all going to die once, if you're not raptured. But after this comes judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear our sins for many, for many. But I want to come now to this now. When he talks about this word, he talks about the logos, the written word of God. And that's where we're going to get to next week or the week after. And it says that we are through the word of God we have been born. Now look at this now. It is planted in the heart that brought spiritual life. And this is the verse that I want to finish with. Hebrews 4, verse 12. If I say to you that the Word of God is planted in you, I'm, I'm talking about the written Word. When you read it and you take it in, and you take it in, and there's more scriptures coming into you, and more, and you read it more, and the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit, quicken it inside of you. You know what gets inside of you? Be careful now. Be careful because this is really serious. He says, for the Word, the same, the Logos, which he says there, it's through the Word. For the Word, the written Word of God, is what? You don't need V. You don't need Red Bull. You don't need coffee to give you a kick in the morning. What do you need? A full dose of the Word every morning. <laughs> Wake up every morning and open up just one or two scripture verses and it will, it's living. It's living. Every time you read it, you say, "Now I'm imparting living into me, living, living." Yes, I know I'm, I'm pulling it down to that, but when it comes inside of you, it quickens your mortal body. It quickens you. I gave you the example of that young man which I saw. It quickens you. It makes you alive. You say, "Oh, but his body still feels as if he's dead." That's what Paul said. Paul says, "Day by day, I'm, I'm, I'm going. The body is not working, but inwardly I'm what? I'm living." And not only is it living, it is what? It is powerful. You've got something inside of you which is powerful. Every Sunday I'm privileged to come here and I preach to you the word of God. You know know why I absolutely love this? Because I preach the power of God. The power. And then, what is it else? It is sharper than a two-edged sword. That's why I said be careful. You've got a sword inside of you. You've got a sword inside of you. And you know what that sword does? It, it divides between soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And look at this now. It's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So you, you've got the sword inside of you now. You're doing something and there's a word that jumps up into your mind. What is it? It's the sword. It says, do not. It's cutting. It's cutting. See how it works together? And then he says, and there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of Him, to whom we must give an account. So, if we have to give an account to Him, when we appear before Him, and we give you our account, who's going to judge us? The Word's going to judge us. Who's the Word? It's Logos. You say, wait a minute, is the Bible going to lie there? No, no, I'll, I'll get to that in a few weeks' time. Christ is the Word. John chapter one verse one in the beginning was Logos. Verse 14, and he became flesh and lived amongst us. I'm gonna pray. But I want not to lose the seriousness of this message. Are you born again? I was there when I was born. Fifty and two years ago. There I gave it away. I know it's the cream that I'm putting on that makes me look so young, brother. (laughs) Fifty and two years ago, I was there. But I was also there when from above, God reached out. And he performed an act on my life. And he opened me up. And he put in my heart eternal life. You say, why are you continuing preaching I work a full-time job. Some days I'm tired, you know, I'm just cutting the hours. I burn the candle on both sides. Why are you doing it? Why are you standing here every single Sunday? I'm not here to, 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 you know, to be favorite among you or to be famous or anything. That's not. I'm here because I'm, I'm serious about your soul. And this morning I'm also serious about you. Because I know I preach His word. This is not something you try, like a dress you put on and you try it and you don't like it. This is a commitment. This is a death of the old life and a, and a taking of the new life. And it will change your life. Yes. Yes, it will change your life. There, yes, there might be things that you were comfortable with, that you have to be without. But brother and sister, I can tell you now out of my life, the things that he will add to your life. I'm going to ask you one more time, are you born again? Sitting here this morning. Have you got etern- eternity stamped on your heart? I'm going to pray, and if you want to reach out to God, you don't have to stand up and come. I'm not going to do that. But if you want to talk to me and say, Preacher, I want to talk to you, I'm happy to come to your house and sit and, and, and talk to you about Christ. And talk again about this. Pray with you. Until you see your sin in your life. Until you see what He can do. And let me just clarify, we don't come to Him for what He can do for us to make us better. No, we come to Him because we sacrifice. Heavenly Father, I think I've said enough, Father. I pray this morning, this is a very serious topic, Father. And I pray because I could see that your Holy Spirit was working in hearts here this morning. And I pray, Lord, if there's one man, if there's one woman who are not born again, who don't know you, And I know that your Holy Spirit are calling upon their hearts, not this church, not me, not emotional pushing towards a decision, but I know that the Spirit is talking.